welcome to the Coon Hunting University podcast, where we'll discuss all things coon hounds, from competition hunting to pleasure hunting with family and friends. I'm your host, Alan Bridges, and we'll take an in-depth look at our hounds from the whelping box to the winter circle and all the stops in between. So grab your notebooks and your pencils because class is in session. Coon Hunting University is brought to you by Superior Hunting Lights. Superior, step up to the max. Use discount code CHUPODCAST at checkout on nighthunters.com. Conkey's Outdoors, hunting and hound supply store. We stand behind Conkey's and is the only hunting supply store that we personally recommend here at Coon Hunting University. You can find out more at conkeysoutdoors.com or find them on Facebook, Conkey's Outdoors, and give them a like. And GNR Cedar Dog Boxes. They make a high-quality cedar dog box at a great, affordable price. If you're in the market for a new dog box, reach out to Gavin at 615-962-5266. I think about something my grandfather said. He said, boy, you can usually count how many close friends you got on one hand. And if you got more than than two then you you've exceeded the expectations of this life well ladies and gentlemen we're back again finally after a little bit of a more than a month layoff i've got a really special guest today his name's mitchell loggins and if you've ever drawn him you have hunted with a really really good black and tan he's won just about everything there is to win he's up five or six generations of his own breeding program he handled for gene hicks I know through the history of the, the coon hunting world that I don't care what breed you handle and what breed you fancy. You've heard of a couple of dogs called Hicks Big Time Albert and Hicks Two Time Albert. And Mitchell is the one that put Two Time Albert in the winter circle most of the time. Uh, he's a Georgia boy. He moved to Tennessee, but we don't hold that against him. And he's as good a fellow as you ever want to hunt with. So without any further ado, Mitchell, the the microphone is yours. Well, Alan, I appreciate this opportunity of humble bite. Just a good old Georgia boy, but don't don't none of you boys down there knew me ever think anything about orange. I won't even let my black dogs wear an orange collar. And uh, you know, they got a team coming on pretty good, but I am a hardcore Georgia bulldog. And I always will be. My flag's flying and my bulldog's in my yard right now as we speak. <laughs> I hear you. Go so, dogs. Go dogs. I hope we keep going. But Alan, I appreciate the opportunity. I guess I start off by saying I was born in White County. Born uh, son, the oldest of three children, uh, Ray and Martha Loggins. My dad's family is well known in the White Creek area. My dad was a coon hunter, most people. That a lot of people that are going to hear this will know my dad. Uh, that's who I started hunting with, like a lot of young boys or uncles. But my family had a lot of coon hunters in it. My dad's uh, had five brothers. Uh, they were Faye, Ray, Doyle, Donald, Buford, and Eddie. And all them boys, uh, two of them is living now. Ronnie Doyle lives in Lula and Buford that lives in Gainesville, Georgia. And, uh, they were good boys, rambunctious boys. I think the MacDougals, uh, the Hulseys, uh, a lot of the Freeman boys. Uh, we were kin to the Freemans on my granny's side. But anyway, 
the only one that can coon, coon hunting was my dad, and he told me he used to hunt with his grandpa Lon, possum hunting. And growing up around Daddy, uh, he liked the mules and horses and trading and all that stuff. It really hits home to me now about White Creek and uh, Kinsey Town and the Cotton Gin. And, you know, we had famous race car drivers around there, Charles Barrett, and I was friends with Mitchell Kevin. But it's now you asked for it, Alan. I'm going way back. But uh, on uh, on mom's side, I had an uncle that was married to my mom's twin sister, Mary Harold Stillnett. He hunted. Uh, on up the line, my Aunt Jimmy Nell, mom had uh, seven siblings. And my Aunt Jimmy Nell had a husband, Aaron Nix, which his son, me and Alan, you know, hunted together a lot in our lap, you know, on in later years. And that's another story I'll get to later. But uh, then, you you know, we had the Westlands, Chief and Aubrey and Brian. And I still hunt with Brian Westland. He's my cousin. But uh, Aaron had red ticks and... Uh, I can't think of some of the names uh, that they went back to now, but I knew they, you know, uh, the Pine Hill dogs and maybe True Boy and stuff like that. Uh, uh, they was a Michaels boy. I remember as a kid that we visited and hunted. My dad hunted with Aaron, but they all had good dogs. And Harold Selnick, you know, he had great dogs. And then later in the latter years, he had black and tan. Some of them went back to some stuff I had. And my daddy... As far as he goes, there's a lot of people hunting with him that probably listen to this. He didn't care what color it was, as long as it was a coon dog. He had walkers, he had blue tick, black and tans, plot. You know, he had several good ones. I guess the dog that people remember is two dogs. Uh, Yak and Tar Jojo, which come out of Yak and Tar Rattler. And here I am talking about other breeds, but hey, there's good ones and bad ones in all of them. And I've drawn some good ones. I told some boys one time if they'd have been black, I'd like to own them. Yeah. But anyway, uh, there's good ones and bad ones in all of them. And anyway, Daddy had Yak and Tar Jojo, and then he had a dog named Cisco, which Jojo Yak and Tar gives him away. He was out of Rattler, uh, which goes Robert Wooten. That's another story in Delton Hall. But I hunted with these Yak and Tar Rattler when Robert had him. Anyway, getting on down the line there, me and Daddy, I started hunting with him when I was seven or eight years old. And we hunted with people like Robert Abernathy, Jim Perdue, Doc Alexander. All I, these boys going to laugh at me, but there's so many McAllister boys up there at Coon Hunter back then in Kenzie's. And they all know who they was. And I, I know a few of them. You know, Leroy, I hunted with him a lot. and hunted with Buck. But Mop and all them boys, I hunted with them. And they all had good dogs. Calvin Chestein. I've got a bunch of people listed here that I'll go through right quick. Like I said, Robert Abernathy, where, you know, our first black and tan came from, and he was three-quarters black and tan, and I heard a quarter bird song. I never did figure that out unless it was a bird dog. Bird song so was I, an English line. Well, that's that's what they, they had. He was three-quarter black and tan and a quarter bird song, and we got him from Robert Abernathy, and Daddy kept him to a died. He bought him for $300, and he still couldn't get him broke off a deer, but... After Daddy got him, we got him broke. We kept him till he died. That was the first black and tan that I hunted, and then that eat me up. But these people here had a lot of influence on me, and I just want to mention them. If I forget anybody, I am truly sorry. But uh, I'll start off by I mentioned my Uncle Aaron and my Uncle Harold, you know, the Westlands, Aubrey and Chief, and, you know, Brian, my cousin. But uh, <clears throat> Robert, 
uh, Herman Thomas, his brother, I can't think of his name, Robin, I think, Robin Thomas, all the Kinseys, June Nelms, McAllister, Calvin Chastain, Jim Perdue, Doc Alexander. You know, Danny Dyer was just a young boy. He hunted with me some. We used to treat more possum with did coon. Uh, Michael Skelton, he hunted with me. He's not a coon hunter. Joe Patterson, I think I broke him the first time I took him. Dusty Foster, Wayne Chambers, Bobby Adams, all the cantrels up around Helen. And I know the Kastners are in second, third generation of coon hunting. Now, all them boys went to school with Danny and Lamar and Mike. And Eugene McClure, Neil Rusk, uh, uh, Tony Ryder, which was a good friend of mine that went with me, his son, Theodore Miller, Jerry Woods, you know, sitting and listening to my dogs. Uh, Tony Ash was a big influence on me. Alan Hulsey, I claim he was a cousin. I think we kin by marriage, but thank goodness that's all we kin about. But I hunt with him a lot. Uh, like I said, Brian. I've got some stars by these boys like Alan Hulsey. They've stuck with me through thick and thin. They seem to go through dogs. They seem to go through personal relationships. Alan and Brown Westland, Booter Dover, you know, uh, Damon Hunt, Wenzel Martin, the Forrester family, Tom Loggins, Ted uh, Ted Loggins, you know, Trent McElroy, Robbie Johnson, uh, Kevin Phillips, you know, Goob Vandenberg got a story by his name. He spoke at my daddy's funeral. It meant a lot to me. Goob's well, a good some boy. Some folks may not know him by Goob. We need, might need to call him Bobby. Bobby. Bobby <laughs> Vandenberg. I call him Mr. Handler. And, uh, you know, I, all these boys is dear to me. They, they've, you know, been good to me, especially like Booter and Allen. Bobby Vandenberg, Heath Gilly and that family, uh, Chuck Anthony, uh, Scott Mason, he's deceased. A boy had a dog named Mountain Rock Rebel. See, all these boys didn't hunt my breed, but I loved them to death and hunted with them. They was good. Scott, you know, died tragically in his early years, but had a dog named Mountain Rock Rebel. And I'm telling you, he was a coon dog. Uh, Ronnie Stroud uh, hunted with him through the good times and the bad times. He handled a lot of good dogs. He handled uh, Alvin Sneed's dog, Magnum, you know, ACHA world champion. Mm-hmm stuff like that. And then I get into people like Johnny Brinkley, Johnny and Laquita Brinkley had Georgia Buster, which was big time Albert's brother. HL Myers showed dogs, uh, Morris Muth that lived up in Indiana and you know, Illinois and me and David Gilman, his grandson's good friends, the Ruston boys out of Arkansas, Philip Heron, Larry LaRue, Ryan Stewart, the Ayers boys, you know, the Batman dogs. Mm-hmm. And, and and all of them and uh, uh, David Wells, good friend of mine, good close Christian friend of mine. Jerry English had a lot of good times with old Jerry, and uh, we hunted a lot of good dogs together. You know John Brogdon here. Uh, these people, like I said, I keep on and on, but they made a big influence. Brad Devaney, Levi, Corey Jeffers, Jeff Nelson, Chad McCoy, Abe Miller, Carl Jenkins. Glenn Green, Tam Young, Carl Hanselman, uh, John Woods, the Sager boys out of Virginia. Uh, you know, Wayne Murphy hunted against him a lot. He's from around y'all's area. John Sazenak, you know, uh, Max Summerlin, the Looney boys down there hunted against him. And some of these boys, like I say, Gene Boswell was another boy, a good friend of mine that's gone. Mm-hmm. Yank, we used to hang around with the Wootens. Uh, Wes Oliver, Lyle Chase. And then, you know, you jump up here. Uh, I started out 
down there hunting, I think, in 87. And uh, that's the Georgia crowd. You know, I forgot Wayne Chestine, I think. I, I forget. I may be skipping over people. But Jason Carey, I'm forgetting all these boys. And they're going to say, you didn't say nothing about me, Mitch. <laughs> well, you know I love you. But uh, I, I, my mind's not good. I'll be 60 in October. I know, boys, y'all say I don't look it, but I feel it. I think it's these coon dogs that maybe kept me a little bit young, but my knees are shot. But uh, if I forgot anybody in Georgia, and I know they some I have forgot, but I'm going to tell a little bit of the Georgia story. Hunting with my dad, all them people I mentioned growing up, didn't know a thing about competition hunting. And dad had come across some dogs that we'd got from Wayne and Glenn Simmons. Right there's two that I forgot. They had black and tans in the White County area. Uh, it was a Ledford man that dad knew it lived at Town Creek. I think his name's Herman Ledford. And some Thomas boys, Tommy Thomas and all of them, we hunted with them too. But long story short, rested black and tans. It was Slim and uh, Bonnie. Well, daddy wanted to call him Bonnie and Clyde, but I ended up with a male. This is after Daddy had all these good dogs. You know, he had Troop, and he had Sam, and he had Bill, which was a lemon-spotted dog that come out of South Carolina. It come out of Carolina Casey. You know, I jumped back around here. But these dogs are etched in my mind that I hunted with. Well, I went to Copper Mines Coon Club, and this dog, I had hunted him. for. He's about a two-year-old, and I promise you, I've stepped on him going to the other dog's tree and him have a bed made. And I know that's funny now, and I wouldn't told that story years ago. But this dog's little history, his name was Slewfoot Slim. And a lot of these boys who hear this, they know what I'm talking about. Until he was two years old, dude, it's like a light switch. Uh, Robert Wooten told me, I'll give you the bullet to do away with him and come down there and pick you out a good walker dog. But I wouldn't do it. Lo and behold, Slim treed one night. I went to him. This is how much I trust him. He had two coons treed behind my house on the ridge. I lived in Zonica. Then I'd moved out. And uh, I tied him with my boot string and went back to the house and got a gun and shot one of them coons out to him. And he never looked back. I went on to get him qualified for the world. But long story short, I hunted him at Copper Mines Coon Club. I placed that night, and I had the fever from then on. Now, I didn't win them all, but these were three-hour hunts. Mm-hmm. And you, I was in high cotton. You didn't have to win the cast back then. If they went through the placement of cast winners and they steal dogs with plus points, they give them on their uh, point value. Mm-hmm. And I think I placed third or something that night. I still got the trophy. The first trophy I ever won was over there at the Coon on Log at Habersham County Coon Club with a black dog that we couldn't get the papers on with the coon in the hole. We won't go into that because I don't want people calling me, you know. Because <laughs> coon and hole and coon and logs, things that shouldn't exist in today's American. I'm not going to go in my opinion. But anyway, uh, I, I still got it. It's red, white, and blue. It's from uh, Habersham County Coon Hunters. And dog's name was Dry. But anyway, I went on with Slim to win, qualifying for the world. And I won't go into this story. It's too long. It, uh, tragically, he was shot by a landowner for something he didn't even do. And the boys on the cast during the hunt, he was shot and killed. And we went to court. The boy, I guess, got justice. He got probation and a big fine and all this and everything. But I didn't get anything out of my dog. Not that that would have brought him back. But 
you know, nowadays that was in 88 and I had him qualified for the world and stuff like that. And, uh, didn't, didn't get nothing. And, uh, UKC wrote a big story about it. You can go back in the magazine archives, I think in 88 and there's a picture and a story called old slim. But anyway, I appreciate the people involved. I can't remember their names and stuff to help me out and call me and everything, but there was some justification, you know, justification or he had to answer, but didn't bring the dog back. Long story short, boy, I was in the dumps. I quit, wouldn't hunting. The world hunt in 88, I think, or I'm thinking right now. I may be wrong on some of these dates, but I went to the world hunt, I think, or semifinals in Washington. Yeah, Georgia. it would have been the, it would have been the semis. They asked me, come judge, Mitch. And, you know, I got into it. I studied the rules back then. And I went down there, and there was a man by the name of Carl Meinhardt. And, uh, you know, Carl Meinhardt, worked for the U.S. Forest Service and had dogs like Tiger Lily, Moon Dancer. And out of that came Super Sting. And, you know, a lot of black and tan people recognize these names. Mm -hmm. But I got to talk to Carl, meet Carl, and go on the cast. At the 88 World Finals, she ended up being high scoring black and tan of the world that year. Me and the Carl developed a relationship and a friendship and he wanted me to move to Arkansas to work on his ranger district. He was a forest ranger for the U.S. Forest Service. And I didn't think the money was that good for me to move out of the mountains to duck hunting territory. So uh, three or four weeks later, he called me. I went and visited the uh, work center and the uh, ranger station in Dahlonega, Georgia. And uh, long story short, with a short probationary period and working with my bosses, I went to work for them. And uh, I've been with them ever since. I've been with them 34 years. Well, I stayed there a couple years. They were no upper mobility. And then uh, there was an opportunity to move Teleco planes. Well, I come up here, and there's a little more story. I'm jumping around here. But I come up here and look and turn the job down. They told me I had it if I wanted it. I went back and told mom, I said, we just thought we was country. I said, everybody up there has got a dog box. She said, oh, Lord, you ever move up there, you'll never be back. <laughs> well, I went back home, and they upgraded the job. And the year before, the year I did go to work for service, a year or so before, I went to Georgia State. I'm jumping around here, and I'm sorry. I quit for a while, aggravated. I wouldn't say quit. I went coon hunting, but I didn't even have a dog. I was going with my friends like Trent McElroy and people like that, you know, Damon Hunt and just out coon hunting and everything, enjoying it. So when I was down there at the 88 hunt that year, I'm jumping around here and get, I'm, I'm, I'm either far behind, and I'm sorry for that. But in 88, I went and I got the job in 89 with the Forest Service. And I, I think I, I got a dog at that 88 world hunt from Chad McDaniel's dad. And I can't think of his name. He said, you started hunting yet, boy? And I said, no. And I said, he's down out about that dog. So he said, well, you want you to come by the house? And daddy was with me. And I went by and he gave me a black and tan. And everybody always laughs, you know, Jason and Trent and Robert and them. Her name was Lou, and I named her Slewfoot Lou, and she was one dog high and two dogs long. <laughs> she, she she was out of Brock's Hobo, and he told me, he said, Mitch, you can have her. Since you'll run anything that makes a track for 100 yards and then quit it and come back, unless it's a coon. 
and then she'll tree it. Well, boy, did we go through it now. Conkey's Outdoors knows that keeping up with the latest in hunting technology can be expensive. That's why they're proud to offer amazing financing options from 30 days, same as cash, to 0% interest for 6, 9, 12, and even 18 months, depending on your credit score and the amount you spend. If you've been eyeballing that new thermal or want to upgrade to the latest in tracking system technology, go find out more on the web at conkeysoutdoors.com or if you're in the Hastings, Florida area, stop by and visit. They'd love to have you. Conkeys Outdoors, houndsmen helping houndsmen. She'd get every dog in the woods that my buddies hunt with running jump, and then she'd come back and either hang out or she might go trail coon. But long story short, me and Alan Nix, my cousin, hunted together hard, and I was going through some personal crisis uh, that time with a divorce, and uh, probably more than likely, but mostly because of my coon hunting. But uh, uh, ended up going and uh, making her night champion and all this stuff, getting to the Georgia State. Well, I won high-scoring black and tan female. Well, here's a big old tall Tennessee old man I thought was old named Gene Hicks. Had a dog named Big Time Albert, and he won high-scoring male. Well, I got the picture in my archives in here somewhere, me and him, first time I ever met him. And, you know, I've been hunting with people that knew him and had dogs crossed with him, like Jerry English and Dave Lawson and uh, trying to thank Josh Watson and all them boys out in Cummins. As a sheriff out there in uh, Dawsonville, Randy Chester, he's passed now, had a dog named Chester Ring Stover. Gene's Dynamite Dan was out of him, and uh, I had a half litter mate at one time, but that's jumping around again, and I'm sorry. But the next year is when I got the job moved to Tennessee in 89, and that's when it all started uh, about, you know, me really hitting the bigger hunts beside, you know, all them clubs down there were great back then. I think you mentioned, Alan, that, uh, you know, Comer, oh, I don't yeah. want to forget nobody, you know, Rock Creek. Uh, I even went over to Red Hill, you know, Wayne Agner and them's club yeah. and all that. But I think of things, you know, hunting. I had to go by Tommy Irvin's store and get Tommy's advice before I'd done anything. You know, and most I, of those people clubs, don't laugh at me. Most of, those Do club, what? most of those clubs are still holding hunts today. Yeah, and see, I ain't been around. I started to take off. Maybe when I retire, and it's going to be pretty soon, boys, if good Lord lets me kick around, I'll get back around. And uh, I always said I, I ain't coming unless I'm hunting. I never did see the point going and, you know, talking and enjoyed talking and seeing friends, but I also like hunting. That's but anyway, I moved up here, Alan, and uh, make a long story short, I hunted Lou for another year or two and hunted and I got to the world finals with her one year in Mississippi and stuff like that. But then I got a couple of dogs from Gene. So we decided to cross Lou with two time. This is after Gene got two time. Uh, a good friend of his had a lot to do with them breeding too was Nathan Thornhill in Alabama. Man, you talking about a good man. I'd be in Alabama working for Forest Service, staying in hotels and Nathan come get me at night to go coon hunting. You know, I was down there at work, didn't have a dog or nothing, but I'd go. But he was a good man. He's passed on. But anyway, moved up here. Something happened to Lou. She got gone one day mysteriously and uh, found her collar a couple years later on the softball field. You know, there was all kinds of stories, you know, about her. But the pups, I kept one lame track out of her in two time. He'd run into a coon, but he wasn't nothing special. 
and it was a you know decent cross, but we didn't get above average dogs. Well, Gene sold big time. I'm thinking the Bart Nation. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure for a big amount of money. Yeah, and I knew Bart, and you know I hunted against Vernon, his handlers, Randy Leonard, Jerry Wynn, Spare Time Spanky. You know I hunted against a lot of them dogs. Uh, after I got to going to the bigger hunts, I was single back then. When I moved up here, uh, uh, like I said, my relationship status wasn't very good then. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, or a few uh, girls that I dated that that I, I I wouldn't say I wouldn't I wouldn't mean to them or anything. It's just I was hunting crazy back then, and that 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 was hard on that type of relationship. Gone every weekend, and if I wasn't gone hunting, I was on a fire somewhere with Forest Service. But long story short. Gene bought a dog named Diamond Bill out of Oklahoma. And that's where uh, Big Time had made a crop. He had bred Big Time to George Richardson's Magic Sioux dog. And uh, Big Time, there were several good dogs out of that litter, and I can't remember them all right now. But the two that Gene acquired from Oklahoma, he had a friend out there that had a friend that hunted with the dogs. I think they were 11 months old. But he bought Diamond Bill. Gina tell me if he ever listens to this that I'm wrong, but I'm thinking that he said he'd give $1,400 for a bill and got him shipped out here. Well, he started doing good, and and, and before long, they said, well, they got another one out here named Loco Luke, full litter mate. These cousins owned them. They would hunt them two weeks together and then put one up and hunt one for a week, put the other one up, hunt him for a week, and then go back two weeks together. And I think they said they'd put down – close to a hundred coons to him by the time he was a little over a year old. Uh, but I don't know the situation, but you know, that was, that was the story then. Well, Bill was nice, beautiful, big old mouth, everything. And Gene said, Hey Mitch, if you, if you want this other loco Luke dog, you know, go cost you 1600. I kind of laughed and I said, I'll, I, I was hunting something then a black pup out of some of his stuff. I think, can't remember the dog's name, but long story short, I said, I'll stick with what I got. I ain't going to the bank borrowing no $1,600 for no dog. I don't know nothing about it. That's what I was thinking. Boy, did I wish I'd ever had my head examined. He brought him out here, and we went hunting, and Bill with tree cones when there was snow on the ground, layup type, big mouth, beautiful dog. Two-time was always action-packed. So it went on. And I'm glad you mentioned, I didn't put all the wins on him. You know, I took him to town quite a few times and did some big winning with him. I was blessed. He was, you know, I've had good dogs, but he wouldn't mind. But I've had dogs that I liked as much as Albert, and people ask me, I hate that. They'd ask me to compare four-time Floyd with two-time, three-time with two-time. You know, uh, my monkey dog, you know, they, they were all different. I thought they were good, solid dogs, and the record proves it for themselves, you know. Uh, but anyway, he was a freak. I'm telling you, he, he, they come along once in a while or once in a lifetime. I started handling him, and Gene really couldn't see what he had. And here I am going to all these big hunts. So it started, I don't know, maybe 93, mm-hmm. I'm thinking. And I started taking some hunts around here. And Alan Roberts handled Bill, and he might have handled uh, – uh, Albert at the time, too, and Gene handled Albert. You know, he put wins on him for his getting him titled, you know, to Grant. 
And, you know, it always pressed me with big time. I didn't hunt with him but one time, but that was right before he was sold. And back then you had to have five night champion wins, regardless of how many night champion casts were there. You got one night champion winner in a hunt. Yeah, well, you had that to dog have, went five. You had that to dog have went twenty-one dogs there to get two places. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he had five night champion wins within a. I'm Gina, get me on this one. Either within a month or five weeks, but five night champion wins with no other points, tree points scored on no cast. And I was like, what, Gene? He said he would get so deep or get go the other way and get treed by himself 99% of the time and have a coon. He won five straight night champion cast with no dog getting any any tree points. Mm-hmm. You know, people come out and say he's mean, he buys it. No, he was just a loner. But long story short, I started handling two-time. And I remember, you know, uh, I had a little old Toyota 88, and I run all over the country. And back then, there were some pretty big-name dogs around. Uh, Hobie, Brian, and Jimmy Reese is another father, son, and family that's really took me in through the years. And me and Brian and Bruce Gillum, were known then as the young guns in the black and tan world. Now we're noticed uh, probably Bruce will laugh and Brian will too. They still holler at me and say, there's the legend. I said, no, I'm an old fart now. We used to be young guns. I said, I'm a BB gun now. <laughs> so long story short, we run the road to you had Hobie or Ace. Brian and Jimmy owned Ace and Hobie at that time. That was the Ace dog, you know, was one of the most, reproducing black dogs of all time, set him up Ace. Mm-hmm. And he was out of sting and went back to them dogs I mentioned, Carl Meinhardt stuff. And I don't want to mess up. There's a lot of good dogs and a lot of good people uh, that were behind the scenes that had a lot to do with these bloodlines. It just ain't one or two men. Uh, there was a lot of them, you know, the Cox boys, Nathan Thornhill. You know, Gene had the mother to these dogs, and I forget her name, and he, you know, people say, well, oh, he bought Victor. Well, he had the grandmother and stuff like that that really started the breeding of that. Now, he went and bought Big Time back, but Gene Hicks is the godfather of the Albert breed, in my mm-hmm. opinion. But long story short, I started winning with him, and I went to Georgia State. I think I hunted against Keith Roberts in the Hall of Fame or Georgia State one, and it came down to it. I won it. Uh, people like Wayne Allen, I drawed him. Uh, I didn't draw Ronnie. Now, I think Ronnie drew one of the Albert dogs one year with a dog named Cindy. I, I'm thinking Bill Frost owned or somebody. But this was back the day where there were some big-name dogs. You know, there was a dog down in your part of the country named Herschel that yeah. I had never heard of that was a coon dog. Herschel Walker. Uh, but, uh, but there was a lot of them. But anyway, I started winning. And... Uh, there were some times that I couldn't go. And uh, like I said, Alan and Gene, and I'm trying to think of Randy's name. He whooped me right now. But Randy handled the dog, too, and won with him. Uh, he was a good dog, good handler, and a good dog man all the way around. And uh, long story short, I went all over the country. Jason went with me some. He come up. We went to Black and Tan Days. And I think, you know, we run the Purina circuit in 94. Gene went to some of them hunts. It was Rusty Thompson with the Buster Dog. Uh, 
you call the man's the McGill up in Virginia with a smoky two yeah. dog. Claire Chenoweth. Yeah, he yeah, and uh, the McGill boy was the handler. But long story short, he ended up winning. We ended up second, and then the next year, I think Rusty Thompson won it with his Buster dog. Mm-hmm. But we draw back and forth. Me and Rusty were good friends. He was a good man, had good dogs and stuff. But uh, we uh, traveled a lot, and I worked a lot then. And Gene would tune him up during the week, and I'd hunt him some. Uh, I think there were 22 events. The dog went to 14 of them and placed in the top three of 11. And uh, Mississippi State, he won his cast. Won Georgia State. I think won Georgia State Hall of Fame, uh, Redbone Days he placed, Blue Tick Days, Black and Tan Days second overall, uh, just win after win after win. And then I took him to the Winter Classic in 94. And I get these two years mixed up. But Gene didn't go, and I went, and I think Dad went with me and uh, had a cast, and I can't remember which year it was what. I drawed a big top name, Blue Dog. You know, you can go back in the books and look, but Gold Creek, Mundo or Mundar, uh, Albert. Uh, they was a uh, – I'm not trying to be disrespectful these dogs, but they were all big, grand night, top-known dogs. And I was blessed. Albert done a heck of a job. I mean, uh, the boys on the cast, it's one of them cast where them boys was saying – you know, that dog's unreal, you know. And I think I come in with 750 and won it. Uh, the next year, I continued. I went back. And I think in that year is when I draw Kevin, uh, help me out here, Kevin Phillips. Mm-hmm. And it's either magic I'm thinking of. But then I think BT was involved in that. He had something to do with that dog. Uh, I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. anyway, I had a big stout cast back in. I come in with a thousand, no minus, and won it again. Back to back black attacks, what they called it. I won dog boxes and all, you know, and all my old buddies. They didn't forget me. If they thought, and I had, I'd hit the big time, you know. But Gene was with me that second year, and he's a lot of fun. And his daddy was down there. I come in, dad had went into the hotel and told Gene, said, My boy and that dog may have won this thing again. We don't know yet. Gene jumped up in his boxers and ran out the door and didn't realize in his boxer he was going to go get Albert a can of that Prime Cuts Alpo. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we had a lot of fun. And Reed Shaw was down there. A good friend of mine was with me and uh, hunted with me a lot then, him and his brother. But we had a big time. And I forgot some people, Alan, that I want to mention here. Uh, Jerry Flippo and uh, Larry Prince. They was good boys and had good black dogs in. They invited me to come down and hunt for a week uh, or most of the week before the classic, way on down in, uh, I can't remember what part of the country, but I was way south there around the Florida line. There's a lot of water. I remember they was, Thomas you know, it was, it, it was January, but I was worried about gators. But I got Albert out of them cypress ponds and got up there, and he sure did show out that second year. And then Robbie Johnson and Brian uh, Adams, were good friends of mine that had Pecan Grove Kennels in Bainbridge. And I hunted with them those years down there. I went and stayed with them and hunted some too. And, you know, people don't think it, but that had a lot to do with it. You come out of the mountains up here on the backside of the Smokies, more or less, mm-hmm. and go to that terrain, you need to have your dog conditioned and ready for it. And I was able, fortunately and blessed, to be able to have people that would call me and say, hey, come on down, Mitch. 
uh, we hunted with your dog here and there. We will help you get him ready, you know. Well, so that's why I don't claim a lot of it. The, you know, the I preparation, the preparation, the will to prepare to win has got to be greater than the will to win. But that's what's freak about him, Alan. It didn't matter where you dropped him. You could drop him, you know, in places that you didn't think is coons, and he'd find one. And that was just that dog's knack. It don't matter. And another thing, with some of my dogs, is funny that you can go hunting with them, and you know, and take them. And you or or any of the boys you hunt with come get my dog, take them hunting. They'll go tree a coon. But uh, you know, they they probably won't give you one hundred and ten percent. No, that, that Albert mm-hmm. Albert didn't care who unsnapped him. Now I will say, me and him had a bond. We traveled together. You know, Gene, I tell you, at times he thought I knew the dog better than he did. I hunted him a lot, but, uh, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's a lot to that and a lot of time put in. But anyway, getting on with this interviewing story, <clears throat> Albert kept winning. He made a name for himself. Diamond Bill kept winning. Uh, and, you know, and then there was other dogs that I handled for Gene. I handled three times some. I handled the Eli dog some. Uh, you know, he had a Georgia background, uh, can't think of the guy that's got the pallet mill down there and he would whoop my hind in. He's good friends with daddy. He had black dogs just below Tommy's, Tommy's store down there. Mm-hmm. And I can see his face, but I can't remember his name, but he had several good black dogs at one time. And he's actually one that had Eli's mama. Let me stop but, you for just a second. Now, ladies and gentlemen, he's referring, Mitch is referring to, Tommy Irvin, he was a big time coon hunter in Northeast Georgia, and he had a store that he, at one time, he was probably the largest Carhartt dealer in the Southeastern United States, and he sold hunting supplies, and that was where you went to go buy your dog boxes, your lights, your waders. We didn't have all this order online in in the days that, that we're talking about right now. It was, you went to Tommy Irvin's store, and, that, and he would he would fix you up. And Tommy was a great, great man. So I'm just kind of putting that in perspective for everybody. When he said he had to go by Tommy's store, that's where every coon hunter within 100 miles of northeastern Georgia would go. They would land in Baldwin, Georgia, and they would go see Tommy Irvin. All right, now back to our regular scheduled program. Okay, you mentioned Tommy. I mentioned him earlier, and... uh... He was one of them I had a star by. I got a lot of uh, influence from Tommy. And still, me and Booter go down there and talk to his boys and hunt around down in there where we did his boys. But Tommy Irvin was a great man. I uh, got another story I'll get on to later about Tommy. You remind me about Tommy because I definitely don't want to forget him. He is a big influence in my life. But long story short, uh, Albert started winning. You know, like I said, and we went through all the process and then it went on to three time, you know, Albert died in 97. He had a kidney failure and Gene had to put him down at a seven years old. And he sired some good dogs. They, you look at pedigrees, you know, Batman is one of them. I think the mind, you know, I'm good friends with Tony Grubb and Flop and Irish boys, like I mentioned earlier. There's a lot of good dogs that's got Albert blood in them, but there's also a lot of good strands out there too, everywhere. You know, Chad McCoy, he comes to, my mind, I hunted with him some. He's a good boy. The Eads bloodline, I always liked it. You know, Carl Duckins was another man I think I mentioned earlier, and Glenn Green. 
them boys live in West Tennessee. They hunted a lot of Tam Young stuff and everything. But long story short, three time coming along, Gene more or less handled him. And if I ain't mistaken, you know, his mama was some uh, Jerry Flippo and uh, Larry Prince's stuff. That was a litter that I'm thinking they de- it developed three or four dual grands. Razor hunting gear and Yoder nylon are producing the most innovative nylon products on the market today. The new competition belt released by Razor features a 10-inch utility pouch, a Garmin pouch, padded thermal pouch, water bottle pouch, and it's all conveniently located on a 2-inch black nylon belt with a heavy-duty buckle. All the pouches are made of the highest quality nylon currently available. All these products made by Razor and Yoder are designed by coon hunters for coon hunters. You know, the big shot dog that won the winter classic later was three-time Albert's brother. Uh, and, uh, you know, I had a big score that year with my four-time Floyd dog. But long story short, moved on. Uh, Carl Meinhardt, the guy I mentioned earlier, had uh, a dog named Moon Dancer, and then it come on down to Sting, if I'm correct, and then it'll come on down to Ace. But Gene had acquired a super steam female, and I liked her. She was a good coon dog. And he had crossed her with three-time Albert. And at the time, I had a female I'd acquired back in Georgia from my cousin, Alan. It was a pretty nice dog. And uh, she never was titled or nothing. She had a problem up in these mountains. She liked a bear. But uh, like I said, and I mentioned the Simmons boys. Them boys had a lot to do with me having black and tans when I was young, Glenn and Wayne. I don't know. If one of them or both of them has passed, I, I should. I don't think they are, but they was good boys. But anyway, getting on down to it, Gene got a pup that he called Floyd. And uh, he was about two or three months older than the pup I had out of three time in my female. And I called him Fletch. Well, Gene liked him, and I hadn't. he wasn't even old enough to start hunting. He's about five months old, and I was learning him lead and stuff like that. Gene said, this Floyd dog gets on my nerves. He babbles a little bit and uh, stuff like that. But I think he's he's going to make a outstanding dog. And I skipped this. Before Floyd come along, I had acquired a dog named Cadillac Jack that went back to another fellow I thought of, Corbett Everett's dog. And Corbett had hunting stock, but he showed a lot. He was a good friend of my family and a good man. Helped me out a lot on dogs when I was young. And uh, that's a matter of fact, uh, I can't remember if Slim actually come from the Simmons boy directly or from the Simmons boy to Corbett Everett to me. But anyway, getting long story short, you mentioned Tommy Irvin. I'll go ahead and get that story. But before Floyd, there had been a female bred that I liked and went back to some of Corbett Everett stuff. The preacher man dog come out of that cross. My Cadillac Jack dog come out of the cross. And Robert Wooten bought a pup after he hunted with two time i drawed him in kentucky river stud uh i don't remember stacy was handling what but i come out winning the cast and robert said i'm gonna own me a pup out of that dog so he bought him and you know i don't know if they was hounding him in death or what but i i want to say something and stop here too robert Wooten was a special man a good christian man i talked to him right before he died when they had the benefit hunt for him and he encouraged me he said mitch God, your family, and hunt. He said, they'll always be work. And give me that old grin and, oh, and told yeah. me he loved me. He was a good man. He was. And right. I always yeah. thought a lot of him and Diane and Pooh Bear and Stacy and all of them, you know, they was good to me. They was family. 
I give long story short, credit for teaching me how to competition hunt. I had he was a, pretty, a good man. Had a pretty good teacher. Yep, he was a good man, special man. Him and my daddy had a special bond too. They was tight, you know. They hunted dogs together. But then moving on, Robert got Cadillac Jack. Well, I don't know what happened. Tommy ended up with him, and Tommy called me. And, I, you know, I was up here, months had went by, and Tommy said, Mitch, I can't handle this dog. And I said, what are you talking about, Tommy? He said, you told me to call him. You found out I had him. You call him when I got ready to go. He said, he's ready to go. And he said, uh, this is getting down, and I'm sorry, folks, I skipped around when I got floored, but I forgot about Jack. But long story short, I loaded the dog box, or went and borrowed a dog box. I had sold mine or something. And uh, it wouldn't fit in the truck I had or something crazy. But anyway, oh, I know what I done. I sold a hunting truck in the dog box. And then you got a picture of this hunting truck. It was like an 80 model Chevy Love that I had to roll off when I started it. You couldn't park <laughs> it on level ground. But I had a dog, I sold it in the dog box for $1,000. If you was in Tennessee, you didn't have much problems starting it then. <laughs> no, I didn't. But I sold that Chevy Love in that dog box for $1,000, I think, to Alan Roberts. And, uh, uh, you know, that builds the outlaw lights. Now, I mean, him's developed a good friendship. He's the one that handled Bill's son. And his son, Derek, we hunt together and all. But I'll get to the Tennessee boys in a minute. So, long story short, I went, got daddy, took two-time Albert. I think, you know, he was still living then. And that's before he got sick. And I went and got Jack. I told you I was hunting the dog, but I was handling Albert. And I'm backing up here. So, long story short, I went and got Albert. Took him down there, went to Thomas. We went down in the bottoms down there and cut them loose. They both struck both trees and did a good job. And I thought, man, I like his pup mouth. You know, I like him. And Tommy told him some P P PKC people was wanting to buy him. They'd offered some good money. He told me if I wanted him for $1,000, I could have him. I ain't never bought a dog for $1,000 in my life. Well, we turned him loose again. Albert hit, went up a creek, went up on the ridge and sat down tree up there. The pup went down the creek, went plumb out of here and running. I went up and got Albert, and he had a cone, paid him to come back. Tommy had that old Ford truck. Me and Daddy's riding with him. What do you think, Mitch? I said, Tommy, I like him, but I said, I believe he's on the wrong end of that. We went around that bend. I never will forget it. When we got around that bend, he cut the truck off, that pup sitting in there hammering. Well, I kept my smart mouth to myself. I said, he got the wrong end. He's probably in a den or something, you know. And I went around there, went up there, and he had a cone. And I bought him right then. Long story short, I brought him home. I wasn't even going to put him in the local hunts. The first night Gene Hitch went with Cadillac Jack, he said, how much you want for him? I said, he ain't for sale. He was he was another, and he was straight off two-time and one of Corbett Everett's females. Long story short, three months later, he was down here in the river bottom, and he busted his heart. I don't know where he was hot or whatever. He was 13 months old then. And he hit the river and he just shut off. I had old beeping system. I beeped him up and he's laying down in the water dead. Called my vet and she said, or he said that his heart exploded when he hit that cold water. Mm. It's like an athlete, you know, college athlete we're here now playing mm -hmm. college ball, just falling over, you know. It's a freak. And it makes he said there may have been something wrong with his heart at birth. Long story short, he's gone. Now it's down and out again. And he's buried down here with the rest of them, what I call so called goodens down here next to the pond, but he was a good one. And Tommy Irvin turned me on to him. And, you know, he kept up with him, but we never did get the chance as fate come about. We never did get the chance to push that dog. But 
He's the best young dog I ever owned, period, at his age. Mm. Long story short, I ended up with four-time Floyd from Gene. I traded him my pup. I gave him $800 for the pup. And I just got married, and it was 1998. And uh, that's the mother to Shelly, to my son Dalton, and my daughter Maddie. And, uh, you know, things was tight back then. She, You know, we had Dalton, and then she was staying at home and stuff like that, doing the normal family thing, and Floyd started rocking. Uh, before Dalton come along, I went to his first hunt, 13 months old, Watertown, Tennessee, Carl Jenkins and Glenn Green's club. And he wanted to show black and tan sectional. He wanted to show and the hunt. And I drawed easy ace in the hunt. He was a young dog then that was out of ace. That is the daddy, the thunder stick and the granddaddy, the ugly stick. But easy ace was a coon dog. He gave me all I wanted. And they treated the hole at the last of the hunt. And he wouldn't stay in the hole the best I could remember and got minus. He'd come back to us and Floyd stayed in the hole and I laid down and you could see the cone. And I won the cast and won the hunt. From then on, you know, me and Floyd done a lot of winning. He hit the top 10 reproducers list. Uh, Black and tan days, went to the world hunt. Uh, just mainly being a coon dog. I won a lot, won a lot down at them clubs in Georgia with him. I took him down there a lot. Uh, you know, I advertised him. Uh, I went to Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin, the UP with him, everywhere. And then, you know, Dalton come along and uh, things was tight. Gene called me and said, Ed Abel called me from Oklahoma and he wants to buy a Floyd. He's going to send a handler out here to Knox. When you pick him up, he's going to hunt with him three nights. And if he likes him, you know, it was unreal amount at that time in my life being a young married couple with their first kid coming. So I naturally asked her, and she said, no, I don't want you whining around here about selling your dog. You couldn't, I don't think you'd make it without that dog. Well, ended up keeping him. Uh, he died here. Uh, had several good pups out of him that made it. And uh, I, I had my monkey dog. Uh, Bruce Gillum had a dog named Swamp Monkey. I had one Mountain Monkey. And Bruce just got killed. I think he titled him. Mine ended up making dual grand night. It was Floyd and then Monkey. And then I'd raised uh, Dan, was half-brother to him, out of my daddy's night champion, Abby female, got well, I, from Cherry Crump and Ernest Jones. We are proud to have Conkey's Outdoors and sponsor of CHU Podcast. Conkey's is your complete hunting and hound supply store. They carry brands like Garmin, Daltra, Dan's, and even Summit Tree Stands and much, much more. Whether you're in the market for a new thermal or a new hunting rifle, Conkey's has it all. They even offer financing options. Being a family-run business with customer service that's second to none, it's no wonder why Conkey's is the best in the business. So go check them out at conkeysoutdoors.com or find them on Facebook at Conkey's Outdoors. I hunted with Monkey. You brought him down here to the house one night, and he was a really nice dog. Yeah, everybody thought I brought a show dog. He he didn't take her to houndness out of old Floyd. He, his mother was a granddaughter of Ace and went back to General Jackson and went back to some several other lines of good dogs uh, out of South Carolina. Uh, there were a lot of them. I can't think of the gentleman's name. Cody, Bobby Cody, I think, 
had some of uh, Bobby Cody, a lot of his dogs that he'd won a lot of big shows and stuff with. But uh, like I said, his mama was uh, a granddaughter of Ace on the top. So he had Ace and Albert and uh, several good bloodlines in him. But uh, everybody thought I'd bought a show dog. When I'd come to town, you know, he'd get out pissing around, you know. And uh, <laughs> But now he, he showed out in the woods. Matter of fact, you mentioned him bringing him to Georgia. I brought him down to Everton, Georgia, for the semifinals of the world and won two nights down there. And he, not because he's mine, he put on a clinic down there. Mm. I mean, the first cast, I think I won That'd by two 16. or three hundred. Yeah, yeah. So I brought him down there and kept him and monkeys down here at the pond too with Cadillac Jack and, and all of them except Lou, Floyd, Jack, uh, Monkey. And then I'd raise the monkey's half brother out of night champion, uh, sweet talking Abby. And Abby was bred to Floyd and produced Dan. And she had a small litter. Uh, I can't remember. There was a couple of more that, uh, one of them I know made title dog, but I made Dan dual grant. I called him dangerous Dan. Uh, he was probably 18, 20 months old. Uh, he was a little bit older than monkey. I pushed him for quite a while till he hurt his leg. He hung it in the fork of a tree at the world finals. And, uh, I got minus and pretty much lost the cast because he was trying to get his foot out and shut up tree in the two minutes. Got me. Mm. I got him unhung and, uh, he hunted on three legs the rest of the hunt and uh, good. I remember, I can't remember who, but them boys was, you know, felt sorry for me. And they said, man, that dog had it. You know, I said, well, it wasn't meant to be. But from then on, after about three drops, he favored that leg. He tore some tendons and stuff in it. But long story short, I ended up giving him to my daddy. And unfortunately, I brought him back and hunt him up here. And some old house dogs come in and killed him on the tree one night before I could get to the tree. They took him off the tree. And I didn't even know the dogs was there. Just mongrel dogs that were left at an abandoned house. And they just, I didn't know they tore up several things in that neighborhood and I have no idea, but Dan got killed. And that's when I really started. I done made them both dual grand, but I went back to hunting monkey. I was hunting them both. And I forget. And I went to Tennessee state with monkey and stuff like that and everything. But you can look back at the archives and I forget a lot of these hunts that I've won, Alan. I went down in the barn yesterday after you called and looked around and was reminiscing and reminiscing last night. But uh, I went from there after Monkey, and he'd got older and stuff, and uh, I ended up having to put him down. I think he was 13, mm. and uh, his hip went out on me, and, uh, you know, it was like several thousands of dollars to do it, and I didn't have the money, and I didn't want him suffering. But he had fell and busted his hip, and uh, I put him down. But now Floyd and, you know, Dan was killed by them dogs and Floyd lived till he died here. And then I had to put monkey down. Well, during that time I had got another sting female of a friend of mine's Hayward Ivy's that guy's name blow Tommy's the black yep. and tan man. Hayward yep. whooped my hind end. I ended up with a, a night champion Molly female that had came from Arkansas or somewhere that Hayward had or something. And we bred her to, uh, I'm thinking what we bred her to monkey and got or no we bred her to Ridge. There was another dog there my cousin had named Hard Rock and Ridge. Anyway, these pups would have been double super steam bred. 
And one of them was a dog named Ninja, a female. And she was something else, but we could not keep her off big game. And she was wild and hunted hard. So I took her and she was out of Ridge and bred her back to her half uncle, which made her double super sting with a shot of Albert. And that's where I got uh, the shotgun dog, the ninja dog, and the booger dog. She had three. I kept them here till they was well over weaning age. Mm-hmm. I give Ellis Nidick, a gentleman I hunt with quite a bit now, become a good partner on dogs. I give him shotgun as a puppy. Uh, I kept Booger. And uh, Ellis had ended up getting a female. I let another good friend of mine, Michael Shepard, he's another good boy I hunted with through the years, had good walker dogs and hunted with him, had several good dogs. Uh, His health, he's not been able to hunt in a while, but. Long story short, he got the female. Her name was Screaming Darla. All them dogs made it. Every one of them made exceptional dogs. Booger was never took to town because he started late, and I got aggravated at him and let a man by the name of Pete Matoy have him. He kept him until he died, but he was beautiful. Well, Ellis had shotgun, and he started turning it on and doing good, and he was proud of my hunting with him, but that was his dog, and here I am without one. Well, Michael had uh, Darla, and I'm telling you what, you could not control her. She was a lot like her mama. She'd run a deer. She was junkie. But when she done it right, she treed coons. Long story short, I end up getting half a shotgun from Ellis and granding him and won Tennessee State. Uh, I think I placed one grand night champion part of Georgia State. I was hunting with Michael Head back, I don't know, 2015, 16 and uh, got with Michael Head and uh, had a good cast down there. And he won, like I said, Georgia State. He won the Black and Tan Days. Uh, I won the whole Tennessee State with him, and he was an exceptional dog. I really liked him. He's still alive, the only one that's living, and he'll be 12 or 13, I'm thinking February uh, the 10th, which was Floyd's birthday. It's kind of ironic. But that was his grandpa's. But he's the only one living. Darla died last year. Uh, There's Bo Stafford out of North Carolina and his cousin's hunting a dog named Stitch. It's doing some big-time winning over in their part of the country. She's out of Darla. We bred her to Gene's six-gun Albert dog, and there's several good dogs. The Sioux dog I had is out of that cross, and that's where my puppy that I'm hunting now is. His name is Terahala Chief. And the jury's out on him. I don't know if he's going to make the kind of dog I want, but his litter mates are all doing fine. That's just about my luck. But that's kind of the story of my dogs and jumping from Floyd to Monkey to Dan to Shotgun, and now we're on Flip. And uh, Flip is a dog that his mother is a semen pup off two-time, and his daddy was Shotgun, the four generations that I'd bred out of Gene's dogs. And uh, that's where I'm at now. He's seven, but now I've done some winning with him. I've won at Black and Tan Days. I've been to the World Finals with him. You know, I got put out up there in the World Finals, but I got that far with him a couple of times. Uh, he's placed in the State Hunt up here. He's placed in the Peach Classic. Uh, I guess what I'm saying, Alan, is I appreciate y'all and my buddies down there want me to do this. I've won some big hunts. 
uh, consistent, I guess, through the years of winning and placing them big hunts. They some of those hunts that I won overall, like the Winter Classic with Gene's dog Albert, like Tennessee State with my dog and shotgun. Mm-hmm. But I think my dogs have been consistent about winning, and you know, uh, not boasting myself. At uh, Gene Hicks, Carl Meinhart all them black and tan men that you can see their names on these dogs four and five generations back, they put time and work into it to where I've got a dog that can win. That's right. It ain't about Mitch Loggins. It's about the time and stuff that was put in with these men and the love they had for the sport to develop a winning dog in the black and tan breed. Yep. I'm about as much a black and tan man as you are a blue tick man or an English man. (laughs) But if I was to get a black and tan, you'd be my first call. Well, Flip, come on down, and his biggest win was two years ago, I think, 2020. I got in the top 64 dogs of the Perina Nationals. Uh, They can go back and look at it on TV. They televised I was top four. I had it won, and Flip had a coon in a hole. I did did get my three points because he couldn't get a hold of the coon. but when I turned him back loose, instead of getting another coon treat, he went back to it. And there was a red female. You know, you can look it up. She ended up winning. I ended up second. Mm-hmm. And uh, But that, you know, since then, I really hadn't pushed him. I ain't had to. He ain't got nothing to prove. He's still here. I'm breeding him to select females and hunting them is fine. But now, Alan, if you don't mind, there was a couple of people when I moved to Tennessee that I wanted to mention. Well, you go right Boys, ahead. It, well, and like I said, I want everybody to know, I guess I thought of a title for this and I called it Thanks for the Ride because I picture myself, if he can, it may be weird. Old boy out here traveling road ain't got no ride. All these people stop and give me a ride along the way. There you go. But Gene Hicks and family for sure and his brothers, you know, uh, Gene's got a, a brother, Bill, that you know, he's well known for plots and his nephews for their plots, you know, Alan Moses and, and, uh, his nephews, Kevin, they all noticed for plots. They've been good to me. When I come up here and started handling Albert, we had a little clan over in Meigs County that I hunted with and, uh, Mark Slagger's, uh, one of them. And, uh, he helped me hunt Albert and get him conditioned in the swamps and stayed out with me all night. Uh, Billy Breeden, Mark Slagger, Chris Hennessy, Eric Armour, Duck, uh, Roger Scott, Stevie Joe, and, you know, Joe, his son, he deer hunts women now some. All them boys have been good to me. You know, Alan Roberts and Derek, Dustin Davis. You know, I think about these boys that are laughing to hear this, one or two of them. You know, I think we'd rather aggravate each other than to eat. You know, Todd Wicks, I hunted against him. He had some black dogs, and, you know, he's got some walker dogs now. He's pushing Brian McAnally. Junior Hughes is special to me. When I come in, it's wet and been a bad night to the 10-mile coon club over here. Junior Hughes has got my coffee. And he's an older gentleman, really don't hunt much more. He listens to the dogs, but he's a good man. Bruce Gillum, uh, Bruce has been there for me through some rough times in my life. and He's a good family man, good black and tan man. Bobby Talley, real special to me. I go down and visit them boys once or twice a year and hunt with them. Patrick and Bobby and Bruce all live down there. Like I said, the Irish boys, Tony Grubb, Flop, Jimmy, Reese, I mentioned him. Him and Gene's been good friends, and Brian and me, all been good friends. 
uh, Tater up here, Tater's Hunt Supply, the Franklin boys, Hoot and Tater and their family's always been good to me. Alan Roberts, you know, he's been in now the light business for years. He had the code and sold it to Hoot. And now he's got outlaw lights, but them boys always been good to me about my lights and making sure I had a light to hunt with. And there's several good lights out there. I don't get on no advertisement on the podcast, but that's all right. They're right here close. If I'm out of a light, I can go up there and get me one. If something goes wrong, like me, it jerks the cord out of it going through a laurel thicket or something. <laughs> but them boys keep me in there, you know, and uh, Alan. Ellis Nidick is special to me. He's an old man that kind of reminds me of my dad. Uh, he don't care what color they are. As long as they're coon dog, he started hunting with me probably 15 years ago. And uh, he's with me last night. He's 79 year old born in Pennsylvania, coon hunted all his life. He's one of them people that's in the shadows that you don't know about, had a lot to do with Mitch Loggins. He's a good man. Michael Shepard, he never led nothing but a walker. But he's had one or two good ones, and they'll never be heard of because they, they ain't never been out of these Tennessee and North Carolina hills around here. Mm-hmm. He's just a coon hunter. Uh you know, Brad Davis, young boy that lives behind me, has got a black dog that hunts with me. His brother, Nate, hunts with me a lot. Donnie McKee, you know, like I said, Donnie McKee and uh, Ellis Nidick and Gene Hicks, they're not only my friends, they almost took me in like family and they're good Christian moral men too, especially Donnie. Uh, I don't, you know, all of them are good, but Donnie has helped me out a lot in my life and hardships of life. We all have them. Yep. You know, Neil and Glenn Martins and other boys, you know, and they're uh, Adam, uh, uh, Glenn's boy hunted women, good boys. You know, White Burnett, he's done a lot of winning. He he squirrel hunts now. And, uh, That's uh, tended he's to be a good. trend for old coon hunters. They turn into squirrel hunters. You telling me something I need to hear, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it used been, to be they go to fox hunting. It's been on my yeah. mind, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, White Burnett is a good boy, you know, and uh, uh, then they, I've, I've got into bear hunting a little bit. Uh, these couple of them got some of my dogs that's running bear, but uh, the Millsaps family, the, the Millsaps are a big family up here. A lot of Millsaps in this part of the country, but Herman and Marge Millsaps been good to me. Uh, North Carolina, Lauren Dockery. And, you know, and Sun Cleast, and they're good to me, and Frady and Dauber and all them boys, a sidekick, and Jerry and little Jay, they know who they are. They've always been good to me. If they listen to this, I want them to know. They, uh, I know I, if I need anything, I'll holler at them. The McNahans, you know, they hunt red dogs, and I hunt against Pap with him and everything, and Marty, his brother, Mitch Isbell, the Saffles, you know, uh, the whole Saffles family, and the Tim Hawkins family, and I think of the old elves and I just mentioned their family name where I can get them all, you know, mm-hmm. and the old elves and the Gorleys and the Shaws and the West. And, you know, like I said, my son and my daughter, uh, Dalton and Maddie, they, uh, they they was Dalton's their mother was and uh, all the Dalton's and West and Shaw and all that bunch on the mountain. They, when they listen to this, I know who they are, but good people. In all the areas that I've lived in my life, Georgia and Tennessee, now we're not talking football, get back to that, but as good people and coon hunting has brought my path across these people and they've done a lot for me. Uh, uh, A lot of y'all boys down there, a lot of them boys know me growing up and 
hunting with my dad and stuff like that. And I reminisce now and wish I'd have did some things different. But for as coon hunting, I probably wouldn't. Uh, I'd have done some other things in my life, definitely different. But uh, I'm proud of where I come from, proud of who I am, and proud that these boys and girls stop and give me a ride along the way. Well, that's the main thing, Mitch. You've enjoyed it, and you've been a good influence on everybody you've ever met, That, as far as I know. I've never heard. I've never, <laughs> I'm sure they, I can I've think of some of, stuff I didn't go into. I know people say they never heard of stuff. I've been hot on a couple of hunts and aggravated, you know. He's one that comes to mind. I'll mention this, and the people was involved with it. I'd just like to know to the coon out world, uh, you know, how a dog gets scratched guilty by association. And I'll leave it at that, Alan. And when people <laughs> he, live, he's told me about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I still ain't seen that rule. It's not been explained to me. And, uh, I, that's the sw- hardest pill that I've ever had to swallow. Now I've been outvoted on cast and I'd say wrongly on cast outvoted and lost the cast because of it. But I've had more big time, good times in the woods, hunting, competition, and pleasure than I have doing any other thing besides spending time with my family and watching my kids grow up and and stuff like that. But if the Coonham world does listen to this and the ones that know about it, I hope someday that somebody comes up and shows me the rule in the rule book before <laughs> Are in the rule book today, guilty by association. <laughs> and Gene know. Hicks will laugh about that, and I'm, you know, some may frown about it, but I still ain't got an answer. And it's been, you know, going on two years, and uh, <laughs> I've I've wiped my tears off and put on my big boy pants, and I went back into competition hunting. But if anybody ever remembers anything, just just. Uh, I guess kind of winding this thing up, Alan, to what I'm saying is I try to put things in that my ancestors had told me that's gone that I didn't know then that I know now. And, you know, it's pretty much the way you're supposed to live. And I ain't always lived right. Them boys down there has got some meat stores outside the Coonheim world, too, like in Athens, Georgia. <laughs> there were several nights I should have been home in White County and not been in Athens, Georgia after a ball game. I can tell you there's been several of those for me too. So we've all and I tell you what <laughs> Yeah, the boys that I grew up with, a lot of them's gone on tragic accidents. Uh I hate to say it, some of them drugs. I loved them every one. And now I'm to the point in my life to where I've made that round. I wish I'd have never got out of line, but I made a big round loop and I try to live right. I try to live for the Lord and He's first in my life. I now I fail him every day. I'm not perfect. I don't think nobody is, but I try to do right. I will say that. Now I've still got many flaws and I have to ask him to forgive me every day. And I'll continue to do that. But it's God, my family, and I'm having a hard time. My priorities between hunting and work now in my older days. And people laugh about that, but they, you know, I, I know you got to work to provide for your family and I've done that and raised them. I'm very proud of my family, you know, not only my ancestry, where I come from, the Smith family and the Logginses and all my cousins and friends that are made along the way. But I'm very proud that I've got to the point in my life that I appreciate life. And I'm, like I said, I'm very proud of my children. Dalton's 23, Maddie's 16. 
their mother has been a good mother to them. You know, me and her divorced several years ago, back in 2015, but I appreciate her being a good mother. She's comes from a good family. I've been lucky and I've been blessed. And the older I get, the more I see it. Uh, uh, just, just getting my priorities straight. I'm sorry. I look back and I, I sort of hope for my children. I hope they don't make that big round like I did before they realize what's really, really important. And and living for the Lord's number one thing. And you know, I know today's world may disagree with me, but you'll never hear Mitch Logan say that he should be first in our life, our family second, and so on. You bet. But uh, and winding it up. When you, if some of these kids listen to this later on after I'm gone, or I show up at a hunt nowadays, and these old boys are like, "There's me slogans," and I see these young hunters like Wayne Chestine's boy Drake. You know, oh, yeah. I met him a few years ago, and I hunted against him. And <laughs> Wayne was trying to tell him that this old man's been into it for a while, but I'm using him as an example. I enjoy going with them boys, and I can see the young Mitch in some of them and a little bit of cockiness, especially when he's leading a good dog. I don't want to take that away from him. That's right. And I always remember, and winding it up, I guess, Alan's what I'm going to say. I'm trying to come to the end here. It's like Robert said, enjoy it while you got time to do it and when you're physically able to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then... And then later on, when I'm gone, like some of these other people are that I mentioned, gone that, that that had a big influence that stopped and give me that ride when I was out on the road, had a big influence on me. When you go into that tree and you think about old Mitch or when you hunted with Mitch, I don't care what color he is, when he done a good job, and you go in that tree and you see that Ricky looking down at you, you go in there and pat him on the head and say, that was for old Mitch. There you go. Well, that's a good spot to end it on. Thank you so much, Mitch, for 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 coming on here and visiting with me today. I certainly enjoyed it, and I'm I'm proud that you was able to do it. Well, I, like I said, I've been blessed, Alan. Yes, sir. I've had good family and good friends all along the way. Well, after we finished recording, Mitchell realized that he didn't thank everyone that he wanted to thank, and uh, sent the sent some names to me. And he wanted to recognize uh, Steve Fielder. Steve, he said that uh, you'd whip him if he didn't mention your name. And uh, Amy Thomas. And then we've got uh, Charlie Bradford, Mike McKinney, and Kenneth Reimer. Uh, all you folks were are real important to him. And, and uh, he wanted to make sure that he recognized you as a big influence and a big help on his career and, and, his, and his life. So... really hope y'all enjoyed that interview as much as i did if you like what you heard here go on over to facebook give us a like at coon hunting you also go to apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a review it really helps us out and remember if you need a new hunting light do not overlook superior they make an awesome light best customer service in the business man their walking light and double red is the brightest i've ever seen use coupon code chu podcast at checkout at nighthunters.com you can find the link in the description box below this coon hunting university is a product of audio hound productions until next time y'all have a wonderful day